Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. happening glad you could join me always means a lot to me that you take the time to tune in hope everyone's doing well welcome back to another episode of full count chaos always love hearing from you you can hit me up full count chaos at gmail.com go ahead and drink always on twitter at full count chaos you can check me out full count chaos.com i want to see what that chaos boy looks like well head on there and check me out uh sports drink network that is the network that I'm a part of, sportsdrink.org. Any kind of podcast that you're looking for, sports, not sports, guarantee you they have it. Again, sportsdrink.org. Check them out. Uh, other ways that you can sc- subscribe to my show as well. And I don't know if people still do this. If, if any, you know, I've read somewhere it was a dying breed, but uh, reviewing podcasts on Apple, iTunes. Uh, but if you're one of them, head over there. Shoot me a review. Love to hear from you over there. Let me know how you feel. But I hope everyone's doing well. The Orioles are doing well. They have a winning record. Well, I guess that makes our naughty parts tingle. And I hope that soon that's not going to be a nice surprise anymore. I was thinking about that earlier today. Like right now with the Orioles, the way that things have been going, I mean, shit, you could start talking about the late 90s into now with only having a handful of good seasons. We've definitely covered many times on this podcast, but Saying they have a winning record, I'm hoping one day it's not a nice surprise anymore. And I I hate to say this, but if you went on a Dodgers or Yankees podcast, and God forbid, I I hope you don't. But if you did and the host was like, yeah, you know, Yankees have a winning record. Isn't that great? You know, late April. You'd be like, yeah, no shit. They have a winning record. They're the Yankees. I'm hoping sooner or later that's going to happen with the Orioles, where if I'm doing the podcast in four or five years, now I'm like, hey, guys, guess what? The Orioles have a winning record. I'm hoping your response will be like, no shit, Nate. No shit. They're the Orioles. Of course they have a win. If they didn't have a winning record going into May, shit's going wrong. But whatever. Right now, the way that things have been going, to see what they're doing now, it is a pleasant surprise, and I hope we can continue to see it. Prepare to be astonished. And the AL East, Jesus. I mean, nobody has a losing record. Now, Boston, they're at the bottom. They have a 500 record, but there's no not one team in the AL East that has a losing record. You think you're a good ball club? We'll play one of the teams in the East. See how that works out for you. Jesus, Lord, mercy. And look at the Orioles. Orioles right now, second place in the division. Of course, underneath Tampa Bay. My God, what, what has gotten into them? For fuck's sake, man. The Tampa Bay Rays are on fire. They're 18-3. and three. But there's the Orioles, second place, Yankees, Toronto, Boston. Nobody has a losing record. But the Orioles are doing their thing. And in the future, if I say, hey, look, the Orioles have a winning record, I want all of your responses to be like, yeah, no shit they do because they're the Orioles. You're a moron. But the next four series that the Orioles have, they play teams that are under 500. And I hopefully the Orioles can take advantage of that. And so far they have. I know people, oh, they've been playing the Nats and the the Tigers. Of course they're going to win. That's what good teams do when they play teams like the Nats and the White. Um, uh, well, the White Sox, they weren't even that bad when we went into Chicago to play them. We, we took the series, but 
Detroit coming into Baltimore. We've been taking care of business with them. That's what teams like the Orioles are supposed to do. But then after that, they play the Braves and the Rays. The big boys are coming to play. That'll be exciting. The Orioles, you're big and bad. You have a winning record. Go show it. Go prove it. Prove it to the world that you're a good team. Winning record again. Orioles now have five games in a row. Nine of 11, they've won. Four straight games, starters have gone six or more innings. So things are working out. They're beating the teams they're supposed to. And they can end April real pretty. Because after Detroit, they play Boston. Boston comes to town. Then the Orioles turn right back around and go to Detroit. They got four in Detroit. Then they go to Kansas City and play the Royals, who, again, aren't exactly lighting things up. <laughs> the Royals, are they're 4-16 and 16 right now. I don't think Kansas City is going to be a team that we're going to see playing in October. But look, if the Orioles can beat who they're supposed to beat and keep doing what they're doing, going into May, things are going to look real nice. Real nice. Just got to keep doing what you're doing. I hear that all the time. Just keep doing what you're doing. That always reminded me of somebody like a burnout would say. I need some advice. All right, man. You just got to keep doing what you're doing. All right. Thanks, Uncle Barney. Appreciate the advice. I get that tattooed so I won't forget. Keep doing what you're doing. But watching the Orioles and watching winning baseball, and I, I got to get out and about again. I mean, I'm exercising. I'm going. I'm playing tennis every week, although I'm realizing that's a dying sport. Everyone plays pickleball now. I always thought that was a sport where if you're older than 60 and you have an injury and you're not allowed to run more than five feet, play pickleball. But my God, everybody's playing that now. I feel like when I'm out playing tennis, people are looking at me laughing like, who plays this fucking sport anymore? But I get a lot of exercise. My buddy and I, we go on the court, just one-on-one. Great exercise, but there's pickleball everywhere. We're surrounded by pickleball. But I want to join the softball league again. It's been a while. There's a lot of shitty leagues out there that I've joined. And, and sometimes you spend some good money to play in the league and it's like 10 games a season. You only get to play like two or three because either your team or the other team forfeits. Nobody shows up. Although I have been on the IL for <laughs> a long time. I just can't take injuries like I used to. Rolled my ankle. I was trying to outrun a uh, double play. I wasn't paying attention to where I was running. I didn't realize the first base bag was going to come up on me that quick. And I'm looking to my left, checking out the play at second to see how much time I have. And I'm hauling ass. I think I'm hauling ass. <laughs> Probably. I don't know if I can run like I used to. It's like I tell the story. I was hauling ass. But if someone who saw me, they'd be like, dude, the dude was walking to first. But as soon as I hit that bag, boom, I went down. And people who saw me, it's like, man, it's like somebody had a sniper and hit you right in the foot. A sniper. Dude, that felt like someone had a sawed off rifle and was running beside me about four feet away and said, as soon as you hit that bag, I'm going to shoot your foot off. That's what it felt like. And I rolled on the ground. Dude, I was yelling. I must have looked like an absolute jackass. Because when I was screaming and rolling around like I was on fire, to me, in my mind, <laughs> I remember yelling out, I don't want to look at it. What does it look like? Talking about my foot. My foot was perfectly fine. I rolled the damn thing. I'm thinking in my mind, my foot is backwards, barely hanging on to my ankle. I just remember yelling at it. What does it look like? And people are just kind of slowly walking over to me. You know, when someone's injured and they're really hurt rolling around, everyone just drops what they're doing and they sprint over to them. Yeah, my situation, everyone just kind of finished their beer, put it down, checked their cell phone for a minute, walked over to me slowly. 
need help getting up. But to me, I'm rolling around thinking this is the worst injury a human being could ever go through. (laughs) Felt like such a jackass after realizing that I was going to live. But to me, I thought I was going to have to get up and, and walk around and go, okay, where's my foot? Has anyone seen my foot as I'm lipping around like a scene in Saving Private Ryan? Where's my foot? Where's my leg? I need it sewn back on. It's not on my body anymore. But of course, look, as you get older, you can't handle the injuries. I remember, shit, I, when I was younger, I could play with a flathead screwdriver sticking out of my kidney. I would just call time out for a quick sec to adjust myself. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> used to come home, my mom would be like, where are your teeth? Why do you have a busted bloody lip? What the hell happened? It's like nothing. We were just playing tackle. My mom's like, what's tackle? I don't know. You just beat the shit out of whoever has the ball. It's the dumbest games I used to play when I was a kid. So I think I'm ready to go now. I'm think I think I'm ready to join back a softball league and get the ball rolling. Because I'm watching the Orioles win. I'm getting pumped up. I need to get baseball back in my blood. Yes, I'm aware of actual baseball leagues. I remember I spoke about softball in one episode and I was getting emails like, why don't you join an actual baseball league? And they were giving me all the information of uh, how to sign up in their league. Look, softball. It's just easier, more relaxing. <laughs> it's about the bonding, you know, drinking some beer with the guys, playing a little bit of softball. You just keep saying back to each other, keep doing what you're doing, man. And you just high five as you're walking by. Maybe if you talked to me about 10 years ago, I'd be like, hell yeah, softball's for pussies. Now it's like, nah, just give me a mitt and a, and a T-shirt. I'm ready to play some softball. Let's do it. All right, anyway, moving on here. Uh, Here's some fun facts. Ryan Mountcastle, I'm sure you've heard of him, plays on the Orioles. He's collected 20 of the Orioles' 96 RBIs. That's, of course, 20.8%. That ranks as the third highest in the majors. Now, talking about walks here with Adley Rushman, 17 walks leads the American League. Gunnar Henderson, he's drawn 15 to tie for second. So Adley Rushman doing his thing with the walks and the bat and the glove, the whole nine yards. We talked about Adley last week. You know, John Angelus, Mike Elias, get on it. What are you waiting for? Extend that man. In the minor leagues, D.O. Hall, he pitched AAA Norfolk the other night. Two runs on five hits. He had, what, he pitched 85 pitches, so that's a good sign. Striking out five, he only walked two. So hopefully we see D.L. come up soon. Now, Friday night, they started the series off with Detroit. I didn't see the beginning of that game. I went out. It was date night with my wife. Uh, we still go to the movies. I've mentioned before on here. So Evil Dead, I would not recommend it. That movie was terrible. <laughs> I heard somebody walking out of the theater. I don't know. He's maybe 16 years old. He's like, what the fuck? There's no boobs. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, that's right. Horror movies, that's what it used to be all about. There always used to be the shower scene or the, the awkward teenage nude sex scene. <laughs> Oh, great. Here goes, oh boy, here goes Nate the Perv again. Talking porn last week. Now he's talking about 80s horror movie boobs. But when I was younger, I mean, the kid made a good point. When we would watch horror movies, there's three things you could count on. Always. Bad acting, scary scenes, and nudity. No doubt about it. (laughs) That's what you count on. So I laughed when that kid said, like, what the hell? It's a horror movie. There's no boobs? I'm like, yeah. He makes a good point. Those old horror movies, that's what it was all about. Bad acting and boobs. But the Orioles' streak of scoreless innings, <laughs> jumping right back in the Orioles, streak of scoreless innings ends at 34. And the 2-1 two, two to one walk-off win, though, of course. Bautista comes in. 
I tell you, Detroit, every time they come in the Camden Yards, they are such a pain in the ass late in innings. I mean, just go and go, go, I don't know, to pick any year. It seems like the Detroit Tigers will have them all game. And then that ninth inning, if they need eight runs, that's exactly how many they'll hit. They'll, they'll get, they'll get eight runs. But Bautista came in. Unfortunately, it was one to one. It was one to nothing. He gives up that run. Boom. The streak ends. Uh, the Orioles record was 54 innings in a row set back in 1974. So I don't know. They, <laughs> they had a little bit to go, but of course, again, the Tigers score that one obnoxious top of the ninth rhyme. Although yes, it sucked when it happened. But look, come on. There, there's nothing better than a Friday night walk-off. So when it was tied, yes, of course, I'm like, shit, damn it, fuck. Ah, you get over it real quick because you're like, oh, wait a minute. We're about to witness a walk-off. Because, you know, Adley's coming up. Mount Castle's coming up. Something's going to happen. Boom, there it goes. Walk-off. Friday night walk-off. Adam Frazier, which he did the last thing you want a batter to do when they move the infield in. You got a runner on third. Of course, that was Mountcastle, and he just hits it right back to the infielder, which was uh, Spencer Torkelson, the, was it 2020 Detroit pick, first-round draft? Uh, he just, bad throw to the catcher. Mountcastle was able to slide in, boom, game over, done. Hell yeah! So again, the uh, streak that was going, of course, I know Bautista, A, was pissed that he let up the, the run, and, you know, they had the streak going, whatever, who cares? Bautista, you're not going to see too many of those. When you continue to come in, though, on a one-run game, it's, look, it's pressure enough already being the closer, but when you're like, man, I, I no zero mistakes. Now, that's going to happen every now and then. If you continue to keep throwing out your closer and you're only up by one run, yeah, things aren't always going to go your way. But there you go, bottom of the ninth, Friday night walk-off, great way to start the weekend. <laughs> that was awesome. Again, two to one, right? Yeah, that was two to one. Austin Hayes hit the home run that night. Right now, Hayes is batting two, uh, 324, four home runs, eight RBIs, 966 OPS. His last seven games, he's batting 357 with a 571 slugging. Not too bad, Austin. He's looking good in the field. Again, I just wish he would call off Cedric Moore on those long fly balls with a runner on. As soon as those runners see all, um, Mullins catch it, pew, there they go. But Cano, hey, look. Been loving watching Cano come in, <laughs> taking care of business late in the game. That stare down is interesting. I say that because, look, I think a lot of people, all of, I see everyone on Twitter saying, look, the, the stare down, it's only going to be a cool until you start getting knocked around or 450-foot bomb goes out. I don't blame the batter to just stare back at you before he flips the bat. And if he does, I'll say, yeah, I mean, you had that coming. But the other night, he... <laughs> ball got hit back to him. He runs over to first base, tosses it, and then he stares the runner down. I'm like, wait, <laughs> wait, you're just doing every, you're just staring everybody down. No matter what play it is, no matter how you get the out, Cano's just like, all right, I'm going to stare you down. I thought it was only strikes or strikeouts, but when he throws somebody out at first base, he's going to stare you down. Okay. But right now, he's had five games. He's got an ERA of zero. He's got a whip of zero. Six innings pitch, seven strikeouts. So far, so good. And I heard, who was I? Uh, I think it was Palmer that was talking about Cano. 
saying that it was like the third week in spring training. He finally was just starting to hit the zone, and he was like a completely different pitcher. That's that's what his problem was earlier. He just couldn't get it over the plate, walking too many batters, and something clicked. Whoever spoke to him said, you better get your shit straight, or you're going to be working at Lowe's. And he just started hitting the zone, and it's working for him. And we can see it. Again, we've only seen him pitch six innings pitched, but why not? Seven strikeouts, hasn't given up a run. He's going to continue to stare people down. Whatever. I'm liking it. Go ahead, Cano. Keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. All right, Saturday night, Kyle Gibson put on a show, six and two-thirds inning, 11 strikeouts. Tied his career right there. Um, Look, his first inning, you're probably thinking, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. He had to, took him 24 pitches. Bases were loaded, and he walked away, not giving up any runs. Good for you. No problem. No problem at all after that. You know, there's something about those first innings can really fuck you up. The ninth innings, first innings, they'll get in your head. But Kyle Gibson put on a show. Good for him. And then the offense just did what they needed to do. Urias, God, he was about six feet. If he would have went six feet to the left, it would have been a grand slam. James McCann crushing one over left center. That was a just a bomb but again i'm gonna bring up this email talking about mlb replaying the umps but urias again who had that wonderful basic clearing double hit gets thrown out extremely frustrated uh the umpire oh god what was his name who was behind the plate vic carapaza i don't know as i was saying i just hear jim palmer say the name vic and good for palmer for speaking up. And look, he's at that age and he's at that time in his career. He doesn't give a fuck what he says. He doesn't give a fuck if he hurts your feelings. He's going to say what's on his mind. And I've always loved Jim Palmer for that, listening to him. But when uh, Vic threw out Urias for two horrendous calls behind home plate, terrible shame on him. But Palmer said what we all always say, uh, we're not here to watch you. People didn't come into the stadium to watch you umpire. I, I just want to play the audio because I just think it was great the way Palmer was giving it to, to old Vic. Well, after Ramon Arias had two pitches that he didn't like, he gets thrown out of the game, and here are the last two pitches that Okay, well, that's on the log. So there's strike two, and then here's strike three. That ball's maybe a little closer, but it's definitely a ball. So... And what he does, talking about Ramon Urias, he doesn't really show him up. Just turn around, go umpire. They didn't come to see you umpire, Vic. It's a Bush League call right there. No reason to do that. Really, you know, kind of embarrass your profession when you do that. There's just no reason when you miss two pitches in a row. And he didn't show you up, didn't bounce his helmet, didn't do anything, just was irritated that he got called out on two balls that were off the plate. And the high home doesn't lie. So, Vic, not particularly classy there. So good. Again, I, I don't know how some people out there, they, I don't like Palmer. That's what they say. I don't like listening to Jim Palmer. He talks too much. Well, hate to burst your bubble, but he gets paid to talk. <laughs> that's why he makes a shit ton of money. He makes more money now than when he was playing baseball, but that's what he gets paid to do. Ah, good shit. So I want to get to an email right now pertaining to replaying the umpires. Uh, a couple other things I still want to get to. Uh, the Masson Cup. Oh, boy. <laughs> Did you enjoy that? 
uh, was that Monday and Tuesday, the big Masson Cup. Or no, it's Tuesday and Wednesday. Anyway, uh, here's an email that came in from Trayvon. He says, I truly feel that the umps are screwing up the instant replay calls on purpose. Some of these calls are flat-out blatant calls that were obvious for the entire world to see. He says, I feel like they are doing this on purpose to get the public sentiment against instant replay in order to make things the way they were. He says they don't want the fans to think the umpires screwed up this game more than they have all these years. Over the years, it seems like these umpires are truly convinced fans pay their hard-earned money to see them throw to see them throw out players. So he quickly switches to why now umpires are extremely sensitive. He says it's so obvious these umpires get ass hurt and jealous of all these star players, and they act like cops to become a cop because they were bullied their entire life and now want to bully everyone else. Half these umpires couldn't become a baseball star, and they're jealous watching all these guys make a ton of money, hearing them get upset about their terrible calls. Anyway, the replays are just a smack in the face to the fans. They insult our intelligence right to our faces. My brother and I had a debate which call is reviewed the most. I said a play at second on a steal, and he thinks play at home. Uh, Love the podcast. Thanks for the laughs. Appreciate it, Trayvon. Uh, so, yeah, he was kind of <laughs> jumping back and forth there. Um, and look, I had my tinfoil hat on last week, last episode, talking about, you know, why maybe the umpires are <laughs> not changing the calls, even though they are obviously just complete obvious calls, safe or out. And I got to say, you know, Trayvon's right there. He feels the same way. He feels that the umpires, who again, the people who are reviewing these calls are umpires when they're calling up to New York or wherever they're calling it that night. He says they feel like they're doing it on purpose to get the public sentiment against instant replay in order to make things the way they were. Now, I don't think they're ever going to go back to the way they were. But look, again, had my tinfoil hat on. I don't know if it even is a tinfoil hat conversation. That could just be a normal conversation the way that some of these replays are. It's obvious that they got it wrong even on instant replay. And it's interesting, you know, again, not a hot take to think that they don't want the umpires to look bad because like I talked about last week, there's not one single season since instant replay started that there has been more than 50% calls reversed. I find that extremely hard to believe. But Trayvon says he thinks they're doing it because they want to get it back to the way it was. And they don't want the fans to think the umpires screwed up this game more than they all have these years. That's what I'm reading his email. Basically, he's saying, look, the, the umpires have been getting calls wrong for so many years. And now it's coming out how bad they are at their jobs. And uh, they don't want it to continue to look like that. And it is, like Trayvon says, it's a smack in the face when we're all sitting there and we see what the right call is and we're all just waiting for the umpire to take off the headset and give the the opposite call. No, they just say the call remains the same. Again, the example I gave last week with Mateo, his foot was on the bag. There's at least six inches between the pitcher's foot and the first base bag, knowing damn well Mateo beat the beat the uh beat him to the base but whoever the fuck is doing the replay said no 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 let's just stick with stick with the right call i don't know trayvon i think you're on to something too man
I think it's just getting to be where they don't want to show that they're not as good as their jobs as uh, they, they come out to be. And boy, you're right. Are they sensitive? What the fuck is going on with these umpires? They truly feel like fans are there to see them or the ego is just completely look. The egos of these umpires are right up there with these players. Okay. Just, just the field is just crammed with egos, the size of the universe. Okay. There's no difference except we're not there to see the umps. We're there to see the players, but these umpires who have gigantic egos who apparently they think, Hey, you know why? uh, You know, we're famous too. Everyone knows us. We're boys with these players. We're on TV. <laughs> they, they just, I don't know what's happened over the years. And I haven't exactly done all the research on, uh, you know, how many, how many players have been getting thrown out compared to 20 years ago to today. Is it more? It seems like it's more because it seems like these umpires, how sensitive they are. These players can't even say anything when they're walking away. It used to be the player would turn around, get in the ump's face, throw down their helmet, their bat. They just start screaming and then they throw them out. They'd say, all right, man, enough. I've let you vent too long. You're out now. Like Mullins and Urias, these this past few games, they have their back to the ump. They might turn and say something and then they walk away. Nope. Ump throws them out. That's it. Done the fuck is going on and like i played earlier with palmer he was pissed like they're not here to watch you vic and also home umpires need to stop making the call on whether or not the batter swung like stop can we just stop that i mean that's happened already a dozen times i just keep seeing clips this season of how the home umpire is getting more and more comfortable making that call and they're wrong okay if you're gonna let them make that call then let the team, uh, let, let the manager ask for a replay. Might slow up the game a little bit. Yeah, I get it. But you guys are just botching it. And the personalities in baseball these days are extremely bombastic. And the umpires apparently don't like it. I think that's what's going on. And there's still a lot of the people, you know, the, the get off my lawn people. They don't like the f- bat flips and the the loud personalities and break dancing down the first baseline and pitchers pounding their chest, doing the moonwalk like Baker the other night. There's still a lot of fans out there that don't like that. And I'm wondering if the umpires are the same way. Hey, I remember when the game, you know, you hit a home run, you put your head down, you ran to first. You struck a batter out, you put your head down, you run to the dugout. You're just doing what you get paid to do, blah, blah, blah. And I'm wondering if the umpires are just like, I, I don't like this. I like all these guys showing off, being loud, all these loud personalities. But holy hell, man. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Trayvon, I almost forgot. Uh, you were saying that you had a debate with your brother on which call is reviewed the most. You, let's see. You said the play at second. He thinks the play at home. Uh, you're both wrong. <laughs> I looked this up. The most reviewed call since 2014, it's been the call at first base. Which I would think that would be the obvious one, right? You guys just <laughs> skipped right over that. Now, it says here the tag play is the second most reviewed call since replay has started. So I guess you guys arguing over second base and home plate, you guys are like in the same category. Um, The third most popular replay is hit by pitch. And then it's uh, catcher interference, which I'm surprised. But yeah, play it first. 
is the uh, most popular one. But Trayvon, thank you very much for the email. I agree with everything. I mean, the, the instant replay, they're still not getting it right, it seems like. And uh, put on the tinfoil hat or not, you know, there might be something there. They want it, the umpires to look so bad, even though we can see it. And then, yeah, the umpires are just so fucking sensitive these days. It's terrible. You can't say anything. But the Masson Cup, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, do, do you get excited about that? It just doesn't have the same feel anymore. You know, I know the Nats are just complete. They're just, they, they stink. But even when the Orioles are going through their rebuild, and even like five years ago, six years ago, it just, I don't know, the, the, it doesn't have that same energy as it used to. And I, look, I get it. The Nats, they're terrible. And they're not going through a rebuild. Don't say rebuild. They're saying reboot. They're rebooting. <laughs> That's so stupid. But the Orioles have the Nats to uh, zero runs for 18 innings. I think the, the Nats only had like three scoring opportunities with those two games combined. And then they go to Minnesota that next night and they win. <laughs> so whatever. Just goes to show you again, the Orioles are just beating who they should beat. And uh, before we end it here, I want to say I love that the bullpen cart is back. I love it. I saw it in Washington. Um, those games showing the uh, bullpen come out in the bullpen cart. I love it. Love it. I, I'm all for it. I'm a huge fan. Um, but I got to say the game was it Tuesday, that game where the Orioles won one nothing. You got to be careful there. Come on, guys. Don't offense. Don't get cold because you play a team, New York, Tampa, Toronto, any other team in MLB. Most likely uh, you're not going to win those games. So hopefully the offense continues to stay hot. I know every now and then the Orioles are going to have to win some games, one to nothing, two to one. But come on, offense, stay hot. Make it a little easier. Like we say, just keep doing what you're doing. But I always want to hear from you. What's on your mind? Full count chaos at gmail.com. Till next time. See you.